This dream must end, this world must know, we all depend on Toby Hedoks, who's round, of course. Um, we're in the Ministry of Fun, uh, and it's raining outside, so it's more fun inside. Uh, and I've, I, I, we're near the end of the quest. There are very few stories I had left to knock off, and John Dorney noticed that the Beast Below was one of them. So I'm going to ask my victim, who was involved with the Beast Below, who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. Hello, I'm Chris Porter, and I was indeed in the Beast Below, though I, I didn't actually appear. Um, you could only hear my voice, because I was the voice of the Smilers and the Winders, and uh, I was also... The voice of the computer that uh, Amy Pond, or Amelia Pond, as I refer to in the episode, uh, uh, interacts with. Yeah, so it's quite a hefty amount of, of, of voice works. And, you, and a lot of, unlike a lot of voices, you get a credit. It's a proper, it's a proper part. It was, it was a proper part. Uh, yeah, it was lots of fun. I mean, it was a bit of a surprise, because I didn't... I mean, the way voice work works is you don't tend to have an audition. You just um, you get the call. They've listened to your showreel and your agent calls you and says, oh, they want you to do this. And I got the call like a couple of days before. Are you free on Thursday? Yeah. What is it? Uh, it's for a it's for a sci-fi cartoon that they're doing on the BBC. I was like, oh, okay, a bit random. Any, any any more information? No, that's all they told me. That's all they told me because it's a secret, obviously. So um, so I I didn't know until I got into the sound studio what it was. And then even then, halfway through recording the script, I was like, oh well, this isn't this isn't a uh, this isn't the cartoon. And that ginger girl is vaguely familiar. And hang on, that's Matt Smith. You know, I've I've been reading the papers. I mean, he hasn't started. He hasn't been on telly yet. But that man walking across the screen there is Matt Smith. So I stopped and I said, Sorry, "Is this the actual Doctor Who?" And they went, "Oh yeah, yeah." Did we not tell you? And I went, "No." <laughs> and then I went, "Am I going to be on Doctor Who?" And they went, "Yeah." And I said, "Am I going to get fan mail?" And they went, "Probably." <laughs> and, um, and I was quite surprised because it was only about two or three weeks before it went out. Um, really? Yeah, it was that close to the. Uh, to the, so I got that, um, which was great, and um, uh, I recorded it all in about half an hour. I did all the bits and bobs. I didn't because the way I was given like a time code sheet, and I wasn't really given characters' names, and they kept saying, "Oh, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this?" And then, um, and then I saw the episode, and I went, "Oh, oh, I'm actually more characters than I thought I was. I wish I'd done more voices." Um, ah, so it didn't differentiate between the different things. No, but I think that was also part of the um, that the computer voice was also kind of the voice of the smilers and the winders as well, because it was all one big kind of, you know, big brother type beast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't get the whole script. I only saw the bits that I was in, and uh, again, only those sentences. So it was quite nice to actually know what it was I was doing when the when the actual thing came out. Um, but I got a call about three days after I'd done it, and my agent went. Um, Oh, they can you go in and do something else? And I was like, ooh, uh, ooh, I'm away. Uh, he went, oh, that's awkward. Ooh, ooh. When you back, I'm back on Tuesday, and that was like a week away. And they went, I'll give them a call. And they said, yeah, yeah, they can wait till Tuesday, but get there as soon as you get off the plane. Go straight there. Go straight there. So I went straight there, and um, and it was another session fee, which is nice. And literally, what happened is when um, when Amy Pond sort of punches her name into the uh, into the computer, and the line was Amelia Pond. They wanted me to change it to Amelia Jessica Pond, and that was the session fee, um, oh, which was nice yeah. to say Jessica. <laughs> but then, but then um, uh, the, the sound designer said to me, "I'm so glad we got you back in because we didn't want to recast you." And I went, "Oh, it's that brutal, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, if you can't, if you're not there just to do that little tweak, then someone else would have got in, and I wouldn't have got all those uh, lovely fan mails and, and invitations to oh, signings and all that kind of stuff." And I went, "Ooh, 
which made me think, always be available. Yeah, and would you have known, I wonder, or would you have tuned in having told everyone you were going to be in Doctor Who to find somebody else? To find somebody else's name, I suppose so. I suppose that's how it works in, in showbiz. Um, yeah, but I didn't... I, I, I know now that, you know, it's, it's actors are easily recast, so mm-hmm. if, they, if they want you back in, be available. Yes, we're yeah. not enough. How, yeah. how, now, have you ever been up for a, a physical part uh, in Doctor Who? No, I, I haven't. And um, uh, uh, I have written to Andy... I've forgotten his surname. Andy Pryor. Andy Pryor, who I vaguely know, because he cast me in another BBC uh, drama doc that I did about five years ago, which may be why he thought of me to do The Voice. Um, and uh, and he sent me a very nice letter saying uh, back, kind of saying, "Oh yeah, welcome to the family. You know, glad you had fun. Glad, glad, enjoyed your contribution." But um, I'd love to be in it, um, uh, in 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 sort of corporal form. Um, uh, but I don't I don't know. I mean, they've got there's lots of actors want mm. to be in it. So I don't know if I'm just being greedy. Oh well, I don't know. I don't know. You but you will always be. You will always know. Oh, yeah. immortality. And have you had fan mail? Absolutely. I got one last week and I did this, what, four years ago? Um, yeah, I got a letter last week um, uh, from a lovely bloke. I was going to take a picture of it this morning and, and, and sort of give his name a shout out, but I've forgotten it. Um, I think his name was Joe. Joe Halliday. Yes. He's helped me get in touch with quite a few people, bless him. So That was Joe Halliday. We will give Joe a shout out. Yeah, so. thank you very much, Joe. It was a lovely letter. Um, a couple of pictures for me to sign. It's not, I'm signing pictures of someone else, you know what I mean? I'm signing this picture of this costume. And of course, it's a different actor in the costume. Um, so, uh, but I saw it. Um, it was fun. Yeah, it was a letter from Joe Halliday. Um, so thanks for that. And no, I, I really like getting letters. Um, but the week after, the week after it came out, literally, I had about 60 or so. Um, it was lovely. I had to take a day off work to kind of <laughs> sign things and respond. I'm, I mean, that's never going to happen again, I'm sure. But um, it was lots of fun. And it was very much... You feel very much part of the family. And Big Finish as well. Um, I mean, I'd already done a day, a, day, a day or two for Big Finish before I was on telly. So they'd already kind of said, you know, it, one wasn't dependent on the other. I'd always work for them. But when, um, when I'd done the telly, it was like, ah, oh, you know, we're, you know, welcome. You, 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 you get a seat at the table now. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so bless David Richardson uh, and, uh, uh, and Big Finish. So, so how did you get involved with Big Finish for the first time? They, um, again, my lovely voice agent, um, my old voice agent and my new agent, they're, they're, they work for the same company, but one's left, but they're both equally lovely. Um, David had a, had a relationship with the old one where um, she pretty much would say, give him a call. I think this is how it worked. I could be wrong. Um, but she went, oh, I got you a job at Big Finish for a couple of days. Um, he, always, he always gives my new clients a, a, a tryout. Uh, so uh, it was uh, she'd taken on me and my friend um, Evie uh, pretty much in the same week and I think we both got jobs pretty much that same week from from Big Finish I was the Salation leader uh, which is a giant mechanised sort of shark who was wearing the reverse of a a wetsuit really because um, he needed to kind of wear like an exoskeleton tank that was filled with water to stop him from dying while he was out of out of the ocean so yeah I was a I was a mechanised armoured shark well, you're, so you're a rare thing. You're a, you're a big Finnish actor who's done Doctor Audio, who's also done Doctor Who. There's there's mm. you know, that's, there's, there's yeah. an elite group. There's well, a few I, of them now. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't describe myself as an, as an elite. I'd, <laughs> I'd say lucky, fortuitous. Yeah. And yeah. you've gone on to done do, which is why John Dorney came into my introduction, uh, faithful listener, because it was John that put Chris and myself. Bless John in Dorney, touch. who I went to college with as well. Ah. He was the year below me, or two years below me at Lambda, um, and now he has eclipsed me. 
um, in the world of well, he's clipped me in lots of places actually, but yeah, he's a he's a he's a, he's a staunch ally at, at Big Finish, and I know he throws my name into uh, casting meetings every now and then. So uh, so bless him, bless John. good old John. So Joe yeah. Halliday, John Dorney, I hope you're this is an ego boost for you this one. Yeah. So well, you mentioned Lambda. So t- take me back, Chris. What made you um, become an as- actor? Was it always going to be so? And, and how smooth or rocky was the path? It wasn't always going to be so. I was a right little um, corporate boy when I was at school. Um, I enjoyed acting, but uh, I was going to go off and have um, you know a job in the city and do all that kind of stuff. And in our sixth form, which is quite late to do work experience, but in our sixth form, um, we could go off and do work experience. And I went off and had a job in a, in a sort of a, it was a property development company in, uh, on Tooley Street, just down the road. And uh, it was the most miserable week of my life, <laughs> getting on that train you know, with the other, with the other people, um, just talking spreadsheets and numbers and all that. I just made, I just felt my soul atrophy in, uh, in a matter of hours. And I went, this is not for me. And it was actually my mother suggested, she said, well, why don't you, why don't you be an actor? And I was like, well, it's not a proper job. And she went, no, it's not, but you know, it's what you want to do really. If you, if you're, if you're honest with yourself and I went, yeah, is it actually? Uh, and she said, well, I, you know, I, I don't have any money to give you, but I have a roof and food, so how, how badly wrong can it go? And I went, OK, Mum, thanks. So I packed my little bags and went off to Lambda um, after being rejected from every single other drama school in London, <laughs> and outside of London as well. Lambda's not a bad one to get into. It was good. I was, glad, I was very glad that I got, I, that I got there in the end. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I met lots of lovely people, most of which, are, most of whom are still my friends. Um, and I didn't really know John at Lambda. I knew him a little bit, um, uh, uh, and because uh, the years, different years, are quite you're off doing your own little things. But no, I really only knew John subsequently, and really mainly now through Big Finish, mm-hmm. and uh, where we where we have lots of fun recording, and then go and have ale. Mm. Yeah, I've been there myself. Oh, it's yes. great, isn't it? There's two fantastic pubs. There's one around the corner from Moat Studios. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and the one in Wadhurst is, is fabulous. They do fabulous ales. Mm. It feels very appropriate to drink ale after recording a session yes, at Big okay. Finish. Only after, uh, of course. Only after, of course, indeed. Indeed. And your voice, so, I mean, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a young actor then coming out of Lambda, I mean, how did, did you start picking up work fairly quickly? Or? Well, my best year out in, the, in this industry was my first year out, <laughs> out of drama school. Um, I, I know, I hit the ground absolutely running. I did a season at the Globe. I did a feature film with David Mamet. I did a couple of episodes of uh, sort of like the bill and casualty and things like that. And I thought, well, what are people talking about? <laughs> this is, this is easy. <laughs> I've worked with Mark Rylance, you know. You know, David Mamet is one of my heroes. One of the reasons we're going to actors. I've ticked them off in the first year and a half. Now what do I do? Oh, right, I sit down for a few years, twiddle my thumbs and wonder where it all went. Um, no, but I was, it's been steady since then. I set up my... Um, I, did a, I had a theatre company for a little while and we did um, lots of plays. Um, uh, 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 I say lots, we did three and I'm still paying them off. Um, no, I'm not really, but I mean, it was, it was ruinously expensive and uh, uh, we didn't make any money, but we had a lot of fun. And I sort of sunk my energies into doing that for a little while. And... Um, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been steady. It's been up and down like anything else. We're, we're currently in my day job, which is the Ministry of Fun. So uh, acting isn't paying all the bills. It's paying quite a few of them. Um, 
but this is the Ministry of Fun. I'm very lucky to have them. Without these people here, I wouldn't be an actor now. I'd have had to go off and get a proper job. And um, we, we need to put that in a little bit of context, because I mentioned it in the intro as well. So what do, what do you do at the Ministry of Fun? The Ministry of Fun is, uh, is a company which was set up about 15 years ago, and uh, they started off as like a street theatre, circusy sort of agency-type company. Uh, James Lovell, who set it up, um, was, a, was a circus performer. He was... A, he was a gesture at Hampton Court Palace or something, and he had lots of mates who could still walk and juggle and breathe fire and do all that. And so he sort of organised them. So when people wanted a corporate event with this kind of entertainment, they'd go to James and he'd go, I can supply this, 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 and this, and this. And it sort of grew from there, and it's become... Um, uh, it's got ten full-time staff now, and people will ring up and um, uh, 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 ask for things. And we say, we've uh, like, for example, I did a job for them last month, which was... Uh, for, or, or am I allowed to drop names here? Mm. It was Tesco and Esso um, wanted uh, a, an event to launch the fact that you can now get club card points. I'm, I'm advertising the client now. Uh, when you shop at Esco, Esso, you can get Tesco points, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, and they, they called up the ministry and said, oh, we've heard you guys have ideas about stuff. And what would you do for us? So we go away and scratch our heads for a day and we come back and we came up with um, like a Formula One style pit stop challenge type thing so um, we sell them that idea and they go oh yeah we like that idea so um, we then have to make it happen so we put I think six teams of pit stop crews out on the road um, setting up in various four courts and people drive in we ask some questions you know we, we give them the quick service give them lots of prizes and off they drive um, uh, it's all sort we had a hundred uh, Harrods footmen uh, dancing for the opening of the Harrods sale. We had a uh, hundred Beyonce's. Hundred seems to be a good number for uh, hundred mm. Beyonce's dancing outside, um, dancing in Leicester Square. Uh, yeah, so it's lots of performers. It's lots of performery based things. Um, good. My second family ministry. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's so and it's so it's it's related as well. So you mm. feel like you're keeping it. And it's never the same thing twice as well. Because yeah. the best thing about the ministry of fun is you'll get a phone call and you'll have to spend the rest of your afternoon, like. Where do you get three camels from in June? Uh, <laughs> and, and then you and then you can you just book one camel? No, why can't I have one camel? Oh, they get lonely. Oh, right, okay. So I can't. Oh, I can have a camel and a goat. All right, but I can't. Okay. So you so if you try to book a single camel, you can't. You can't. You've oh. always got to book them in pairs or with a goat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so just ran really random things like that. Um, that's what I enjoy about the Ministry of Fun. It's something different every day. But we can't go um, uh, forward without uh, acknowledging two names that you mentioned. And, and this is a lovely thing. Uh, David Mamet on the uh, DVD commentary of The Winslow Boy actually says, we've got two wonderful actors here. Uh, you are one of them. And he, well, he gives you a name check. He does give me a name check. This is a man who's watched my showreel. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Thank you very much. I'm, I, I'm glad someone's watched it. <laughs> it's on YouTube, Chris Porter Show Reel. It is. Get Andy Pryor to watch it. Okay, yes. Yeah, I will. Yes, watch mine as well, Mr. Pryor. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, David Mamet, he was a hero of mine. Um, uh, one of the, the, in fact, the first show uh, that our theatre company did uh, was his first play, a play called Lake Boat, which um, we did at the Lyric Studio at Hammersmith a long time ago, 90s, late 90s, 98, 99, something like that. And um, and I had money in it. <sighs> Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Um, and uh, but we did really well. We sold out, and we uh, we got the assembly rooms in Edinburgh. Said, "Oh, we'll pay for you to come up here as well." And it was all, and we did well there as well. Still lost a fortune because that's the nature of theatre. But I remember the last the last couple of days in in uh, in uh, Hammersmith. 
I could see there were there were certain lighting states where I could see the audience, they couldn't see me. I was behind a a scrim screen, and um, I always used to look out at the audience during that time, seeing what they were doing, and I was scanning the audience, and I went, "Oh, that's David, that's David Mummet, that's <laughs> <laughs> David Mummet," <laughs> and it was towards the end of the play, and I was like, "David And he'd come to see the play. He'd come to wow. see the play. I know, amazing. We had really good reviews. And um, he was, at the moment, he was, he was doing research for um, The Winslow Boy. And they were upstairs in the main house at Lyric. They were doing Cause Celeb, which is another Rattigan play. And um, so we sort of tentatively walked out into the bar afterwards, all these kind of like nice middle class boys from the home counties playing Chicago Dockers. And he was like, yeah, really good. That's the best, best production of that show I've ever seen. Yeah, you guys, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Wow, thank you very much." And he's and um, uh, and I went off to um, you know the loo or something. And then when I came back, I sort of felt this arm around my shoulder. And he went, "So, Chris, do you want to be in my movie?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah? He went, "Okay, okay, I'll be in touch." And I was like, "No one, no witnesses, no witnesses." But sure enough, he called my agent the next day. And um, and she said that well, there's a part for you in, in the Winslow Boy. Fantastic! I know. She said it's not written yet. He's going to write you in Jim apart, which was great. So we so but we turned up on set, and he still hadn't written it. So um, he's not going to write you the scene now. Oh, I've got to write the scene. I'll do it over lunch. I'll do it over lunch because he had one scene written, but he wanted to write another scene. So uh, I sat in his trailer over lunch while he was saying, "Say this, say that." No, that's not right. It doesn't sound right. Say this. Say say like this. Quicker, quicker. Uh, uh, you know, while he on this old typewriter, and then I wish I had the piece of paper. Oh. You know, with with you know with his scribblings and the coffee mug stain and all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know where that went. But yeah, it was it was. I didn't realize at the time. You know what a what a formative moment in my career it would be. I will gonna I'm gonna bore you for a minute with the David Mamet story. Is that all right? No, do it. No, it's, this is the stuff of this is what this podcast is. Right, I got the part in the Winslow Boy. David Mamet didn't know that I was sort of a co artist director of the theatre company. When when he, when he offered me the part, and over lunch, he said to me, he said, "I didn't know that you ran." It was called Pyramid Productions. That's the name of the, the that was the name in the in the place. I didn't know you 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 founded it and ran it. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I did, I did." He said, "Why did you give yourself such a small part in the show?" And I was like, "Well, there, but it wasn't really anything right for me in it, and I gave myself a small part because it was the only thing that was really." you know, damage limitation exercises on the play, and also it was kind of the only part I was right for. And then I said, David, and also I'm a big believer in there's no such things as small parts, only small actors. And he went, you know, Chris, you're absolutely right, but I'll tell you one thing. There are such things as large parts. <laughs> yeah, and I went, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and I'll tell you, this is my, I've, got, I've taken two things away from David Mamet. And the other one was... um. I had this line, and it was, um, it was something like, uh, oh, maybe we can get the votes. After all, he's a 12-year-old boy. And I said, I don't quite know what that line means. I said, is it maybe we can get the votes. After all, he's a 12-year-old boy, i.e. it might be easy to get the votes because they'll have sympathy for him because he's a 12-year-old boy, or we might be able to get the votes. It'll be hard because they won't care because he's a 12-year-old boy. You know, hmm, what do you think? And I said, I think that it's going to be hard to get the votes because no one's going to care because he's a 12-year-old boy. And he went, yeah, yeah. You know something? I think you're right, but you should do the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
<laughs> so telling you you're wrong, but in a very positive oh, way. Oh, amazing, <laughs> amazing. And I, I went away with a big smile on my face, going, yeah, don't ever think I'm right, but he thinks I should do it the other way. And I walked to about 10 minutes later, and went, actually, no, he thinks I'm wrong. Anyway, yeah, an absolute gentleman, an absolute lovely, lovely man. Uh, and again, the highlight of my career, you know, um, uh, 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 I've had lots of lovely times since then. Um, uh, but in terms of absolute rock god legends that I've always... Um, I remember watching Oliana like before I went to Lambda, going, "Wow, that's how you write a play. That's how you, you know." And Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and all these mm. things. And he was one of the reasons um, that I, that, I, that was in love with theatre. And then to actually kind of to have him there, I, mean, I suppose it's connected because you know it was our ambition to do one of his plays as our first project, um, and it was extremely fortuitous that he happened to be around. As is a lot of this business. Absolutely. Right place, right time. You know. And what about the Globe? Doing Shakespeare at the Globe? Mm. Surely an actor's meet and drink? It was, it was. I mean, that was, um, uh, that was lots of fun. It was a small part. It was my first theatre job um, outside. Actually, no, my first theatre job was doing Romeo and Juliet as a, as a theatre and education tour around Barking, um, which was lots of fun. Learned a lot doing that. Um, mainly that theatre and education is lots of hard work. Very early starts in the morning. I fell asleep as Romeo... Um, after drinking the poison on more than one occasion. <laughs> my Juliet was like, I don't mind you falling asleep, we understand, but, you know, I'm doing this big speech about how much I love you and you're snoring. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll try. And once she sort of grabbed me to kiss me to get the poison off my lips, and I went, oh! <laughs> um, So that was, so yeah. Oh, well. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, then I went to the Globe. Um, uh, it was the opening season of the Globe. It was still being built while during rehearsals, and... Uh, Mark Rylance is is um, is a lovely man, a, a brilliant. Um, if, if ever there's, if there is such a thing as an acting genius, he is one, possibly the only one, uh, maybe with a few others. But um, just the way he thinks about things and looks at things is amazing. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm a complete Mark Rylance acolyte. Uh, uh, he gave us all pegs to uh, which are the stages. There's no nails; they're held together with pegs. So we each had a peg which we could write on and draw on and do all that kind of stuff, and that's bashed into the stage so hopefully that's still in there somewhere wow yeah it was very, very lovely and um, all these little ceremonies and he was very much into community and the, and the, and the company of actors and uh, it, was a, it was a lovely lovely experience um, and also it was a completely new space uh, no one had done any shows there in that configuration before because the big pillars weren't in the year before they'd done much to do about nothing the year before but very much a kind of in amongst the scaffolding promenade type this was the first time there was a a proper stage with the pillars and the audience in one place and the actors in another place. And, um, yeah, it was, it did feel like part of, part of history. Again, you know, you don't realise how much it, but it was, oh, I was, you know, I was barely in my twenties then, you know, I, I thought, well, this is what happens. <laughs> um, but I did realise, I did know that was special when I was doing it. I thought this is a very special place. Um, uh, uh, and it still is. I went to go and see something there last week, and uh, and it's it's a beautiful and it's adapted so well to doing modern plays. I saw this play Blue Stocking there last week, uh, which is about um, uh, women fighting for the right to graduate from Cambridge about a hundred years ago, and it works really well. It's 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 a uh, uh, the space kind of moulds itself to to what's being asked of it. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll be back there one day. Um, yes, well, one day. So, what are you? What are you? What are, have you unfulfilled ambitions? Is there anything coming up? Um, I, um, I, th- I think it's just to keep working. Um, uh, if it, this industry kind of you, you take from it what you put in. I think there's no point sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. Um, 
you have to you just stir the pot a bit every now and then. So it's it's keeping yourself motivated and interested enough in what's going on around you to be able to interact with it and kind of go, oh, you know that thing you're doing? I'd be good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, keep going with that. I want to, you know, there's theatres that haven't worked at the National, I haven't worked at the RSC, I haven't done all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I'm less... Um, I'm less needy about that sort of work than I used to be. There's, lo- there's loads of great companies out there that, that are doing stuff. Um, so, yeah, I just want to keep myself interested and uh, 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 keep doing interesting work. I'm enjoying the voice thing. I'm relatively new to the voice thing. My, the, the, the Doctor Who, I think, was my actually, apart from... Well, actually, The Big Finish was my very first voice job uh, about four and a half years ago. And... Um, then the Doctor Who, uh, the, um, the that Matt Smith Beast Below episode was my second voice job, um, uh, so I very much enjoy that mm. discipline, that world. I mm. very much enjoy. It. I'd, I'd like I'd like that to keep keep going the way it is. Um, uh, in uh, haven't done telly for a while, haven't done film for a while. That that would be nice. It's always nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just to keep going. Well, thank you for keeping us going during what is your sort of lunch break as well. That's very kind of you. Oh, I've, I've got the uh, the two questions I always unleash, one of which I've warned you about, which is would you, uh, as you know, you have not got, got paid, I have not got paid, and the mm. listeners, you are not paying, so which charity would you like to benefit from our conversation? I think uh, I'd like uh, the Macmillan nurses uh, to, to benefit if, if, if people want to donate anything. I think that's a, that's a very worthwhile, they do excellent work. A very worthwhile cause. And the final question is, uh, it's Doctor Who's 50th anniversary this mm. year, which is why we're here. So what is your message to the Doctor Who fans uh, listening out there? Oh, Doctor Who fans. Um, thank you so much for, for, for all of you that have, uh, that have welcomed me into, into the Doctor Who family. I mean, I feel like a, you know, a, a second cousin, twice removed, you know, very distant you know, relative in the family, but... Um, you're, you're very much uh, you're, you're very welcoming and, and uh, it's odd the people that you talk to uh, that, that know more about your part than, than you do um, and uh, it's, it's all very you know, from Big Finish to uh, what's Derek's company is it Tenth Planet and, yeah. um, and all that they're all, uh, they're all very uh, welcoming it's all welcome to the club thank you so much for your contribution and I'm like what? it was a pleasure to be there well, I'm sure after this globe has burnt down and they've built another one and you're giving your <laughs> King Lear there, there will still be people outside going, were you the voice of the smilers in well, the piece below? Funny enough, I did, a, I did a job a few years ago with David Goodison. Oh, yes. And, um, and, he, uh, and there were, again, outside the Orange Tree Theatre, there were people there with pictures. Yeah. Um, uh, with him as Davros. <laughs> funny one. The picture, someone had a picture of, of Davros and uh, asked him to sign it. And uh, I mean, Davros, full makeup, head to toe, mm. sitting down in the thing. And David went, "That's not me. That's the that's the other guy. <laughs> I'm not signing that. That's not a picture of me." <laughs> in a lovely, lovely way, because David's a lovely, lovely man. Yeah, you know, to, to be the most evil. You know, you get the nicest actor in the world to play the most <laughs> evil character that's ever been created. But um, uh, he was lovely about it. But he went, "I'm sorry, but that's, I can't sign that. That's a picture of the other guy." <laughs> that's Terry Malloy. And I was like, "How did you know that was Terry Malloy?" <laughs> but um, but yes, hopefully. Um, every now and then, about once every few months or so now, a letter will land on the mat because um, a new generation of Doctor Who fans is catching up on the DVDs and and uh, and you know they want they want the collection they want they want the, they want the autographs and it's um, it's lovely. Well, as the poster says, you'll never leave, uh, Chris <laughs> Porter, for your lunch hour. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, man. Cheers. Great. Love, love, love. 
Thanks to Chris and to John Dorney for introducing us and facilitating that uh, very informative and friendly interview. Chris's charity is Macmillan Nurses, one we've done many times before, but uh, a fine cause, www.macmillan.org.uk www.macmillan.org.uk More Who's Round next time. Here's a sneak preview. And until then, goodbye. I think I'd stopped dancing for about two or three years prior to that. So I was just beginning to fill out physically. So (laughs) they caught me at about, just about the right time, just before the tummy started to... (laughs) So I was holding my tummy in like my hand. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The Fourth Doctor Adventures, Doctor Who, The Fate of Krelos. Hang on. The control room. The light, the colour, the smell, it is different. Help, killing, help, killing, help. Hey, now, what are you doing? What are you calculating? Killing, You are, I can't, uh, hello, hello. I'm the doctor. This is Leela. You seem to be in a spot of trouble. Uh, you could say that, uh, Doctor. It is a city. A city built by Tesh. Certainly technological, yes. Really, rather beautiful, don't you think? And with approval ratings now sky high. The mayor of Krillos City has been soaking up the adulation when she announced the completion of the final section of planet-wide connectivity. Look, Doctor, that beautiful city destroyed. Yes, torn out, ripped apart, utterly destroyed. Master, Master, danger! K-9, what is the matter? Yes, what is it? Let's not stop to find out. Yes, the end of all that we love. A world torn out, ripped apart. Big finish. We love stories.